our workforce studio. It's okay that you're different. Your disability doesn't define you. The obstacles in life that you go through doesn't define you. You get to decide who you can be and what you can become in this world. Three, two, one. VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. In that position at NASCO Cabinetry. As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You, you got to look at how life-changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. It- now here is the host of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore. Welcome to episode 89 of the VR Workforce Studio podcast, Avoiding the Benefits Cliff for People with Disabilities and how ABLE now is becoming a viable option for people with disabilities to plan their financial futures using ABLE accounts for crucial expenses that won't affect their benefits. After 35 years serving people with disabilities and hearing about this issue directly, especially from guests on this show and in the disability community, I'm convinced we're talking about one of the most important issues facing people with disabilities today, especially those that want to go to work. When you get right down to it, there are a significant number of people with disabilities who do not go to work or get higher paying jobs because they'll lose their benefits. Now, the threshold for losing your benefits is very low. And for a person who's counting on those benefits for their very survival, you can only imagine the fear that exists when a person goes through vocational rehabilitation and takes that step into the workforce, not knowing how solid that first job and, more importantly, that first paycheck will ultimately be, plus the specter of losing those benefits and then going off the cliff if that first job, through no fault of their own, doesn't last. This issue is described in Forbes magazine, on governmental websites, and a variety of other sources you can easily find uh, with a quick Google search. But on today's show, we discuss how a person can move into the workforce and shelter some of their earnings to ease that transition and get themselves into a stable economic position before they give up their benefits. Later today, we talk with the CEO of Virginia 529, and able now, as well as staff from the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services, are helping vocational rehabilitation clients plan for their careers, including how they'll manage their money. Well, there's no better way to explore this topic than with someone who is living it. In today's big inspiration showcase, Maya Simmons, the student at Old Dominion University with imminent plans to move into the education system as a special education teacher, talks about her disability, vocational rehabilitation, and how she's planning to manage her finances when she moves into the workforce. Maya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, your work at uh, ODU. I am a student at Old Dominion University studying elementary special education. I am in my final year, so I'm really, really excited about that, working on uh, student teaching for the spring semester coming up. Um, So that's been a really big focus, even with vocational rehab. How do we plan for that so that that can be the most successful as possible? 
I also do a lot of uh, disability advocacy work as well. How did you get involved with vocational rehabilitation? I uh, got involved with vocational rehab a few years before graduating high school. It was a way to transition through the process of figuring out what type of career I wanted, whether I wanted to go to college, a training school. So we started working with them around junior year of high school with um, some career assessments and uh, deciding what my interests were and what would work best with me as far as my disability, whether I needed to go to a community college and then transfer to a university. And so that's really how we got started uh, with transition planning. So we were ending the high school journey is really when I started working with vocational rehab. And fortunately for us, you're going into teaching. That's exciting. Yes, super, super exciting. Well, you mentioned your disability. Maybe you could share with us just a little bit about your disability. Sure. I have cerebral palsy. I was born three months premature, and I was told I would never walk, never talk. The idea of even college is literally a miracle, if I could say that. Um, You certainly may. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it, it wasn't something that we even imagined could happen. And so to be someone going into special education with a disability myself is really a great opportunity because I feel like as a teacher, I can uh, inspire lots of students and let them know that it's okay that you're different. Your disability doesn't define you. The obstacles in life that you go through doesn't define you. You get to decide who you can be and what you can become in this world. And so that's my disability. I also have a vision impairment as well. And so, yeah, that's, that's really kind of my story. The potential for you to reach students who are in special ed classes and do just what you said to inspire them because of the relatability is just extremely powerful. That's my hope. Obviously, my route to special education is a lot different than uh, most educators. Most educators learn what they know, you know, through a book, but I actually have the, the life experience plus the the educational piece, which makes it even more exciting to be able to have the opportunity to do it. Truly authentic. You'll be moving into a career, and because of uh, the Workforce Innovation Opportunities Act, a focus on a career that's going to provide a good salary. You have an Able Now account. Could you tell us how that came about? Actually, I started inquiring about the Able Now several years ago. I um, had had some friends who had it and going uh, to different conferences and speaking, of course. I had heard about the ABLE Now, but I wasn't really clear on how it worked, how you enroll, things like that. But it was always something I kind of knew about for a while. And then um, a couple of months ago, uh, I was talking with my vocational rehabilitation counselor about um, transitioning into the work world and wanting to eventually um become financially independent and move out on my own and do all the the normal things that most adults are able to do. And so we discussed the disabled account and I, I met with uh, someone that actually helps you uh, enroll and go through the application process. Um, and so we were able to do that just this year. So it's, it's a new start for me, but I'm I'm very pleased with what ABLE has allowed me to do as far as being able to save and become financially stable and then have the life that I would like to have. So 
I'm very pleased with that. Well, that's so exciting to hear you discuss your future in terms of earning your own way. But many people with disabilities, they really have a lot of fear about transitioning from a time in their life where they have maybe Social Security uh, benefits, and then they have to give those up, moving to gainful employment in the in the workforce. H- how will ABLE help you with that? And you are absolutely right. That is that is a true uh, fear and and concern um, for me. Before even enrolling in the ABLE account, it was very important for me to understand everything about it, so that I knew exactly what I was signing up for, and. That was really something that I thought was important because, as you said, there are there are fears about um, losing benefits. So I did I did have a conversation and really did my own research and tried to become as informed as possible in order to take that that next step. And then once we got the able account, I started uh, planning for what were some of the things that I wanted to to say for what were the things that were going to be important for me to establish my career. As a person with a disability, assistive technology is really a lifeline for independence and for careers, especially if you have a vision impairment or motor impairment, orthopedic impairment. That's really something that I wanted to be able to use the ABLE account for to establish that assistive technology that would make me um, successful in my career as a teacher. I also looked at saving for, you know, my own home or apartment. How can I do that uh, independently? I looked at transportation. I live in a very rural part of Virginia where transportation is not readily available publicly. So I'm very dependent on friends and family to get back and forth from school, um, medical appointments, really to be independent, really do need their support with transportation. So I felt like the ABLE account would allow me the opportunity to be able to supplement those individuals that were willing to volunteer their time to make sure that I could do the things that really were important and vital for me to be a productive member of society. So that's really what I've looked at with the ABLE account. How can I be as independent as possible in all of those aspects, as well as some recreational things too. The ABLE account will allow me to be able to travel if that's what I want to do or save for further education as well. You know, I'm just finishing up the bachelor's. So of course, in some time, master's degree will be on the list of things to accomplish. And, you know, financial aid is a lot different when you get into grad school. So I really like that as long as it was a necessity for you as a person with a disability, you would be able to save for it. That was that was very important to me when it came to the ABLE account. Maya is a student at Old Dominion University planning to do her student teaching and then move into the workforce. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. At the core of every great team is the drive and motivation that creates the bonds of commitment, dedication, and performance needed for every worthwhile achievement. At DARS, this passion takes shape in our care and protection for Virginia's older adults, as well as helping people who happen to have disabilities find meaningful careers. From the back office to the field, 
to the front lines of customer care, we're driven forward by the needs of those we serve because the heartbeat of DARS is onward. Michael Klinger is a work incentive specialist with the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services. Assists clients who are moving into the workforce. Welcome, Michael. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Why does DARS work with clients to help them prepare for financial success? We just don't want people placed in any jobs, but jobs that would allow them to maximize their employment and earnings potential. And what we found in a lot of the counseling and guidance work we were doing with clients is that they were either very reluctant to work or they purposely took lower paying jobs that wouldn't have such a large impact on their benefits. And the reason for that is because of of a misconception that people on needs-based benefits like SSI or Medicaid shouldn't work or work at such low levels that it wouldn't impact their benefits a great deal. Since historically people on these benefits couldn't save more than $2,000. So our approach to counseling and guidance in terms of benefits and work incentives is to use financial literacy initiatives such as educating people on ABLE, like we'll be talking about, as a way to help clients kind of shift their focus from how benefits will decrease as they go to work to how their overall disposable income will increase. People are almost always better off financially when they work as they would be on benefits alone. If we educate people on the availability of things like ABLE accounts, that helps people build savings without jeopardizing eligibility for needs-based benefits, people are more encouraged to take higher-paying jobs that will ultimately lead to self-support. Tell us about ABLE. So that happens through our Work Incentive Specialist Advocate, or WISA program. And WISA vendors are individuals who are certified Work Incentive Practitioners. The first part is actually helping the clients set up the account. And the second part is working with them to develop a savings and spending plan. Uh, detailing how much the client intends to save every month and what sort of expenses they intend to spend that money on. And the goal of that is to kind of help the clients understand what sort of expenses they can use the funds for. And it's our hope that as people work and they see their savings go up, it'll serve as a motivator for the client to not only continue to work, but work towards their earnings goals so that they can continue to afford to pay for the things that they want and need. Michael Klinger works with the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Rick. You know, so many of the guests we have on our show talk about the crucial role that finances play in the lives of people with disabilities. Many people with disabilities who are planning to start a job often worry about how their new paycheck might negatively affect their benefits. That's why I'm excited about ABLE Now!, because they believe everyone deserves the opportunity to save for the future. ABLE Now empowers people with disabilities to save for today's needs or invest for tomorrow in an account that won't impact most means-tested benefits, such as Medicaid and SSI. An ABLE Now account allows you to save money for expenses to improve your health, independence, or expenses you need to improve the quality of your life. It's time to think about what you want to accomplish this year, even financially. This may be the perfect time to see if you or someone you know is eligible for an Able Now account. Contacting Able Now could be the most important decision you make this year. So don't delay. Open your Able Now account today. 
Learn more by visiting able-now.com or check the podcast show notes for a complete listing of Able Now contact information. Able Now, tax advantage savings for individuals with disabilities. Mary Morris is the Chief Executive Officer of Virginia 529, the largest tax advantage education savings program in the country with its Direct Invest 529 and Advisor College America programs. Virginia 529 launched the Tax Advantage Disability Savings Program, ABLE Now, in 2016 and ABLE America in 2018. Mary directs and manages the operations, resources, and investments of Virginia 529 and is routinely showcased as a national speaker on education savings, the future of higher education, and workforce training and disability savings. Welcome to the podcast, Mary. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, So many people with disabilities planning to return to work are concerned about how returning to work will affect their, their finances and particularly their benefits. Tell us about ABLE Now and how they might be involved. Sure. Well, ABLE Now really helps. Um, doesn't help as much on the income side of things, but it does on the asset side with respect to most benefits. So an ABLE Now account uh, can be a real help to individuals with a disability who have um, additional costs. And maybe those are costs that are involved in being able to return to work, whether that's, um, you know, special uh, computer or computer equipment or software or, you know, whatever that might be, any modalities that would be helpful, an Able Now account can, can assist with that because you can let it grow and not worry about violating the asset test for most benefits. Your Able Now account is attached first and foremost to an interest-bearing checking account that has a debit card, but then you can also, as the account grows, move some of it over into investments. And so it's a vehicle that you can use for both short-term and and mid- to long-term savings and investment goals. When you spend time with people with disabilities that are involved in job training, they're involved in getting on the career pathway, one of the most significant fears they have is that transition from having some sort of benefit to moving into gainful employment, competitive, integrated employment, and then losing that stability. So they're trading away and and sometimes in, in very vulnerable circumstances, their security for an unknown future and having to give up that benefit is very, very, very fearful. And people do that successfully in different types of circumstances. But do you have a favorite story about how Able Now has helped someone make that transition or reach their goals and dreams? Well, we have one young man who was forming a business, does some consulting, has significant needs, really mostly mobility related, had the training, has been to college, can can have a business and can, can run that, but was having to, I think, continue to rely on on his parents, not so much, again, from the income side of it, because that was, you know, growing a little bit more slowly. He was just sort of starting out to build this consulting business, but to have a place to put the money. You know, once you have that revenue, where do you put it? What are, where does the asset go? And wanted to retain control of it. And that's one of the things that I see is particularly helpful with an, an Able Now account is that the individual who is seeking employment, who is growing in that direction, is is becoming more independent by 
by having that competitive employment can actually then manage their money and learn about how to do that because we see that as, as a really significant issue sometimes if, if individuals have not been able to gather assets and, and have anything other than a very small amount they really haven't learned how to manage money and how to set up a budget and balance a budget and um, figure out where you know how much money needs to be spent each month for various types of things and more importantly save for the down payment that you might need to run an apartment or and to put all of your utility uh, connections on and you know all those things that you just need to do to to be successful and live independently. And an ABLE Now account can really help. What are the ways that the ABLE account helps? Uh, you talked about financial literacy, uh, the training and information. Is that online courses? Uh, how do people gain skills and how to manage their money? How, how do they actually do that? We do have some some short things and some links to materials on, on both our Able Now website as well as if you have an Able Now account, there are materials once you get online that will lead you in and give you some assistance on just some basic financial education concepts. Um, and we try to, just with Everything that's on our website provide information, articles that are of interest on, you know, tips and, um, again, financial topics. So we're not just talking about, oh, here's how you open up your account and here's how you put money in. That's important. But it's broader than that. It's, it's about how do you plan, how do you do budgets. Um, and so one of the things, just having the Able Now account helps you with that. And there are notations. And so there are some tools within the account that help you manage the money, the amount of information that you can get, the notations that you can make when you make a purchase so that you can keep track of, you know, what are medical expenses, what are education expenses, you know, what, what are um, housing and, and transportation expenses, all of which are qualified ABLE expenses. I think that's something I would want your listeners to understand, that an ABLE account can be used for a very broad variety of expenses. So it really is... Um, you know, about all the things that you need to have a good quality of life. So anything that enhances that. So you can you can use Enable Now uh, funds for your housing, for your transportation, for work-related expenses, anything additional for medical expenses, uh, for counseling, for, you know, any types of um, therapies and trainings that you might need, for extracurricular types of things, for food, uh, lodging, very broad. Well, let me drill into one specific area that's such a an interest area for so many people. And you talked about mobility vehicles. H- how can Able Now help if someone needs to put part of their income toward a vehicle? Well, sure. You know, it's that's where that that sort of midterm savings goal is for an Able account, and we're finding that with with the accounts that we have. You know, there's a fair money amount of money that goes in and goes back out fairly quickly, and. It is designed for that because you have that checking account component. But if you save up over a period of a couple of years, then you know you can save enough to put a significant down payment down on a car and and then have the money to pay for it. Um, or if you have a vehicle and it needs to have um, you know if there's a, a expense to sort of retrofit it so that it uh, addresses whatever the mobility needs are, that's a possibility as well. And you know that may take some time. The other nice thing about an ABLE account is that it is set up to accept gifts. 
from anywhere. So you might use a GoFundMe account or, you know, a lot of times there might be a church group or friends and family or whatever that want to assist if there's a goal. And it's like this person can be mobile. They can have that enhanced quality of life if they just had a vehicle and that's just not that's out of reach right, right now. Then you could put that together. So there's a nice little benefit um, to an individual putting it in for themselves or for friends and family putting money into an ABLE account. And um, and then the benefit is that the, the funds can grow and then over hopefully a shorter period of time, you might be able to acquire the vehicle or, or something else that would really enhance quality of life and, and make you better able to, to find employment. What else would you like for everyone to know about uh, ABLE now? What is crystal clear is Congress's commitment to these accounts helping individuals who are employed and who want to be employed. And I say that because the one major um, legislative enhancement that happened a couple of years ago was the Able to Work Act. And that allows an individual who is employed and has employment income to put an additional $12,000, almost $500 into an ABLE account. That tells me that they're committed to the employment piece of it and to allowing individuals to help with that transition. I think that's something that folks should just know, that they have some powerful advocates who are working with organizations like yours and other organizations working with disability communities across the country to get those enhancements and those legislative changes. So we're taking, you know, our government relations folks and our expertise and how to work with Congress and turning it to looking at what can you do? What are the abilities and how do we help empower people to make them more independent, creating their own quality of life? Such a pleasure and an honor to have you on our podcast. Uh, Mary Morris uh, is the CEO of uh, Virginia 529 and ABLE Now. Thank you for being on the podcast today, Mary. Well, thank you so much for having me and for providing an opportunity for us to get uh, the word out more about these programs because um, that is one area where teenage people just don't know about them yet. So uh, I hope that all of your listeners will think about it and pass the information on and um, hopefully see if we can help some more folks. It's time for our National Clearing House update with Sherry Takamoto. Sherry, what did you think of Maya? Rick, you really outdid yourself with Maya. Um, not only has she learned how to get off of those benefits and be financially successful, but she's going to be a special education teacher. And I love that because many people think that they have a disability means that they can't work, but she's going to show folks from early ages that they can be successful, that they can work, and that they can inspire others themselves. Uh, And really inspire students uh, in the classroom. Heck, she inspires me. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, what do you have in the Clearinghouse for us this month? Well, to get young people started with financial literacy, the first thing I have is National Disability Institute's Inclusive Financial Education Toolkit. There's a lot of things for individuals and their families, but also a nice guide and instructional manual for folks who want to teach this to others. The other is getting started with financial literacy from the Maine Department of labor. Awesome. What else you got for us this month? Well, E3TC has these nice little resource guides and that feature training, example of how the strategy is used in communities, best practices research, and resources. And then I have Workforce GPS from the Department of Labor, 
who has disability and financial capability strategies, links to resources, as well as a nice piece on disability-focused tax incentives for employers and individuals with disabilities. Because as you know, this is December and we need to figure out what we're doing with our taxes. It's that time of year again. And we'll, of course, provide links to all of those resources in our show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. The always informative and entertaining Sherry Takamoto. Thank you. And we will see you in 2021. Oh, my goodness. Great to, <laughs> great to talk to you. <laughs> well, Sherry celebrates her third anniversary with the VR Workforce team this month. She joined us in December 2017 with her first feature episode on The Clearinghouse, which is available in the library at vrworkforcestudio.com. Here's Lynn Harris, director of the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation is so pleased to bring you these exciting stories of how vocational rehabilitation is changing people's lives by helping them gain the skills and credentials they need to be successful in business and industry. We thank all of our partners in podcasting who made this episode possible. Able Now, Bradford Staffing, the Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, the Community Foundation of the Central Blue Ridge, CVS Health, the Hershey Company, and United Bank. You can find out more by visiting us at wwrcf.org or find our contact information in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. You can always find another exciting episode as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation here at the VR Workforce Studio. Until next time, I'm Rick Sizemore. The VR Workforce Studio podcast is owned and operated by the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation publishes and distributes the VR Workforce Studio and manages all sponsor arrangements. Audio content for the podcast is provided to the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation by the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services in exchange for promotional considerations.